Welcome to episode three of A Leader by Example. Last episode, we discussed how to set up and start budgeting. In this episode, I'd like to talk about the importance of an emergency fund, where to stash that cash, and tips for saving your first $1,000. Are you ready? Let's do it. Welcome to A Leader by Example podcast with your host, C.D. Johnson. This show is dedicated towards teaching and empowering you to lead your best life. Together, we will ditch the bad habits, covering topics from personal finance to food and fitness. Take charge today. Become a leader by example. All right, so this season on A Leader by Example, uh, I want to walk you through kind of how to get your finances on track. Uh, First episode was all about starting 529 plans, getting these parents motivated. Uh, so that way they would, uh, they'd be motivated to continue listening to these podcasts, uh, because I didn't want to start with budgeting. Budgeting's not super exciting topic. Uh, so I figured I would start with those 529 plans, get the parents on board, and then get into the step by step on how to get on the right path, get your, get your finances where you want them to be. Uh, so last week we talked about budgeting. Uh, made it very clear that it's important. You need to track your progress. Your budget is your plan moving forward. This is your plan for your money. Uh, and it's kind of your roadmap on where you're going in your finances. You, you make that plan, you stick to it. Uh, big fan of Dave Ramsey, his podcast or his show. Uh, and he says, uh, kids do what feels good. Adults make a plan and stick to it. Uh, and so in this episode, I want to kind of follow along with uh, Dave Ramsey's principles and total money makeover uh, and just explain why it's important to set up an emergency fund where you can keep that emergency fund so it will better be advantage to you and then how you should think about this emergency fund so to continue to help you move forward on your journey, on your path to financial success. Um, also, at the end of the episode, I'm going to have a bunch of tips on how you can save money and how you can reach that first $1,000 threshold uh, with your savings account. So I'm going to start with a little story um, or a little background. There's a uh, there's a study that gets quoted a lot, uh, and it's from 2018, and it was that about 40% of Americans can't afford a $400 emergency. This gets thrown out there a lot by politicians, by other financial uh, channels or other personal finance blogs, but it's not entirely accurate. And what the study showed was that about 60% of people can pay cash for an emergency, a $400 emergency right away. They can afford it. They can put cash towards that emergency uh, and that the other 41% couldn't just instantly cover that emergency. They could cover in some way, either by putting it on credit cards, increasing their debt, or borrowing money from friends or family. Uh, And there was a proportion of those people that couldn't afford this no matter what. They didn't have family to borrow from. They don't have credit cards uh, to put these on. The fact is that 40% of people would struggle to pay a $400 emergency. Uh, this $400 emergency would create a huge issue with their budget. If they're just getting started on their financial journey, uh, it could be a huge wrench in the gears to knock them off track. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about your own situation 
And just imagine that you had a $400 emergency come up. Uh, stuff happens in life. Things cost money. Just last week, somehow our bathroom, it got locked from the inside. There was nobody in there. Uh, and we don't have the key. We didn't have the key at the time for this, this particular bathroom. So I was trying to jimmy the door open. I couldn't get it open. I couldn't pry it open. I couldn't pick the lock. And I was thinking like how, how lucky I am to live in Mongolia and that if we did need to get a locksmith, it wouldn't be terribly expensive. I could just imagine the same thing happening in the States where a locksmith would run, uh, you know, upwards of $200, $250 just to get somebody to come out to our house, uh, either replace the lock or create a new key for us. Uh, ultimately, the people that are building our house, they're still around building other houses. And so they happen to have this particular bathroom key. We were able to get in, no emergency necessary. Uh, but something that might happen, uh, tax season's coming up. Let's say that you file your taxes, you're expecting that tax refund like you've gotten the last uh, you know, five, 10 years. And for whatever reason, you owe the IRS money. You're, the bill comes in, you got to pay $400 straight to the IRS. This is more or less what happened to my mom. She filed her taxes. She is expecting the refund. And all of a sudden, she owed hundreds of dollars to the IRS. It completely wiped her out. She was living paycheck to paycheck. She couldn't afford this few hundred dollars to pay. Um, and she kind of had a little meltdown. In a sense, I'm kind of grateful that she did because it was an eye-opener for her to get on a budget, to start saving money, to start planning for a retirement. Um, and, and now I believe this year, if it were to happen again, she would be able to, to afford that emergency and to kind of roll with the punches. So emergencies happen. Things happen that cost money. And this emergency fund is going to kind of act like a buffer between the emergency and you sticking to your budget. It kind of lets you roll with the punches. The emergency happens, you can pay for it, uh, and you don't have to blow up your budget in the process. Before we delve further into today's episode, I'd like to ask a quick favor. With this podcast, I'm really looking to help people get out of a rut and make positive, impactful changes to their lives. I can't do that if no one finds my podcast or blog. If you like what you hear in today's episode, share it with at least one other person. It really helped me and the show to grow so I can reach a broader audience. Thank you. All right, welcome back. Uh, in this part of the podcast, I'm going to give you the what, why, where, when of emergency funds. So hopefully you'll have a better understanding of why you should get this emergency fund right away. First, what are emergency funds? Emergency funds are essentially just money to help you get through an emergency. Uh, and a, a surprise expense that pops up, you need to pay for this. That's what the emergency fund's for. Uh, Dave Ramsey, I mentioned him in his Total Money Makeover. Uh, he suggests that people getting out of debt focus on getting to $1,000 in their emergency fund. Uh, this is his baby step one. There is some criticism about Dave Ramsey's plan in this $1,000. Uh, 
Some people say that $1,000 isn't enough uh, for any real emergency. Uh, but I don't want you to take that criticism and not save because why would I save $1,000? $1,000 isn't enough anyway. But imagine an emergency came up and you had $0. Now you are not prepared at all for that emergency, to pay for that emergency. $1,000 is a lot better than $0. Uh, $1,000 can help you get through this emergency. If it's a big emergency, uh, then yes, it's, it might be more of a challenge. But then again, no one's stopping you from continuing on after this first $1,000 and having a $2,000 emergency fund or a $5,000 emergency fund. You can keep going with this process and save more. Uh, but the big thing to remember is a $1,000 emergency fund is better than no emergency fund. So you might be asking, okay, why should I have an emergency fund instead of just putting that money directly towards my bills or directly towards my debts uh, or maybe some other savings if you're planning on traveling or you're saving up for a new car? Uh, why should I save this in an emergency fund rather than just putting it right towards those things? And the answer is that to get ahead, uh, we've got to continue to make smart, kind of logical and rational decisions. And when these emergencies come up, they're often very emotional. And when we have something that's emotionally charged, we tend to not make rational, good, smart decisions. Uh, an emergency happens and we think, okay, I got to pay this right now. Uh, how am I going to find the money? What am I going to do? Oh, no, it's kind of the, the whole sky's falling. Uh, type response. So by having $1,000 saved, we can help to get past that emergency emotionally, at least a little bit, uh, because we have the financial means to cover that emergency. We can really think about, okay, you know what? I'm fine. I can pay for this. I can continue on my budget. Uh, I can save up $1,000 again. I did it once. Uh, and so it, it helps us get past that emotional burden. And for some, this $1,000 in their emergency fund might be the first $1,000 they've really had. You know, not counting coming into the checking account, going out of the checking account, but the first time they've really had $1,000. Now, if you think back to when you were a kid and the first time you got like a $10 bill or a $20 bill or you know, a $50 bill, or, you know, maybe the first time you, you were carrying around a, a $100 bill. And remember how that felt to have such a large sum of money, you know, and, and now as an adult making, making much more than that, you know, we don't think a $20 bill is, is just this amazing amount of money. Uh, it doesn't have the same response. Well, when you save a thousand dollars, if that's the first time that you'll have $1,000, it's going to have that same response. You're going to feel pumped up. You're going to be excited because you saved $1,000. Uh, and if you were to put that towards your debts, let's say you've got you know $45,000 in student loan debts and you paid off $1,000 to go to $44,000 of student loan debt, it doesn't feel as good as having a thousand dollars that's yours. Uh, and so it's kind of a motivating factor that I can do this. I can save a thousand dollars. I can turn a thousand dollars into two thousand dollars. I can keep going. I could save more money and more money. And so it's that first win that you need when you're on this path. 
Uh, and so that's why I think you should save that emergency fund instead of just putting it directly towards those bills, directly towards that debt. Uh, save that emergency fund, get the $1,000, get the win, get the motivation moving forward. Uh, as my wife and I continue to grow our emergency fund, uh, and we were wondering, like, okay, where should we put this? Should we keep it in cash in the house, put it under the mattress in a shoebox? Uh, should we keep it in a bank? For us, we had the added layer of do we keep it in Mongolia? Do we keep it in the United States? Do we keep it somewhere else? Um, or do we keep it in the stock market? Do we put it in our investments and then we just have a separate investment that we can pull out? So there's a lot of questions. Uh, when it comes to your emergency fund, there's kind of a fine line of where you want to keep this fund. You have a few options. Uh, but essentially, you want to keep your money in a place that's easy enough to get to in case of an emergency, but hard enough to get to that you won't use it for the next Marvel movie, or you can't just get to it to uh, cover up a little mess up in the budget. Okay, So you want to kind of make it difficult to get at, but also easy enough that if there was a major emergency and you needed cash tomorrow or the next day, that you could get to that pretty quickly. Uh, so Keeping in cash, not a great idea. It's just too easy to get at. Uh, things come up that aren't emergencies that you'll be very tempted to just use that money. Uh, you, you don't want to have the mindset of, I'm going to take this money and I'm, I'll put it back next paycheck. Uh, you want it there in case something happens. You don't want to be constantly borrowing against your emergency fund and paying it back uh, because you're almost creating another debt to pay to yourself. So leave it alone. Uh, the best way I've found to do that is to create a new savings account. If you have a checking account that money's regularly coming in and out of, it's not a great place for your emergency fund. If you have a very fluid savings account, meaning you're regularly putting money in, pulling money out for various things, that's also not a great place for an emergency fund. The best way I've found is to just open up a new account and that's just for the emergency fund. The money just sits there. Uh, you're not going to get a great interest rate, but you'll have that money if you need it. Uh, to keep it in a, in an investment, in a, in the stock market, something like that, uh, it's just a little bit too risky. Uh, the point of this money is that if crap hits the fan, you've got this money. So you don't want to keep it in an index fund or in an, some sort of stock investment because if the economy goes into a recession or the economy crashes, you lose your job. Because of that, you're, you're kind of getting screwed on both ends. You're, you're losing your job or uh, your money's also not worth as much anymore. So you want to make sure that that money's there, ready to be used, uh, if you need it. And depending on what you invested in, in the stock market, it can be difficult to get that money right away. Uh, so I would just say put it into a savings account. One thing you can do that does limit your ability to get the money quickly uh, but could work if you structure it the right way is to create a CD ladder. Uh, a CD is a certificate of deposit you can get at the bank. And this basically says that you're going to leave your money in there for a certain amount of time. And after that time's up, the bank's going to give you a pre-specified interest rate. So you'll make money on your emergency fund. And... How to do this to make it a ladder is you can put your savings into a certificate of deposit, set it to uh, be finished in, let's say, six months. And then the next month, you go in and you put in another certificate of deposit and set that to be finished in six months, one month after 
the first one. And then you keep doing this. You keep putting your money in there. And then that way, every month, one of these certificate of deposits is going to be finishing, going to be wrapping up. You'll be getting your money back and interest. At that time, you can assess, hey, do I have any emergencies? Is there anything I really need this money for? Uh, if there is, you, great, you've got the money, you've earned a little bit of interest on it. If not, you can put it right back into uh, that certificate of deposit. I don't know if this is what I would do if I was just getting started and saving $1,000, but later on down the line, when we talk about uh, a much fully funded, much more fully funded emergency fund, this can be a great option uh, for you for that emergency fund. Last question. Uh, when to use this money. So I've got the money just sitting there. How do I know if I'm allowed to use that money? The answer is hopefully never. Hopefully you'll never need this money. But stuff does happen. Emergencies do happen. Things pop up. And so if your money is slightly difficult to get to, it's kind of a burden to log in and transfer that money to get it out. You've got to drive all the way to the bank. It does put one step between the emergency and you having to think about whether this is actually emergency. If it's an emergency, a definite emergency, you absolutely need this money, you'll be driving to the bank, you'll get that money out, it's not a problem. But if it's a want, that extra step is gonna keep you from pulling it out. So you gotta remind yourself as you're thinking, do I really need to use my emergency fund? Is this an emergency or can this wait till next month's budget? A lot of thing, a lot of times things happen and we think we gotta pay for this right now. We gotta fix this right now. But really it can wait. Uh, for example, I mentioned we locked our, our bathroom door. We just got a hold of the company. They came over a couple days later. They found the keys. Uh, we did have to buy an extra toothbrush and toothpaste, uh, and a little personal hygiene, hygiene stuff, but it wasn't a, dire emergency. We just couldn't get in our bathroom for a few days. It wasn't something that needed to be fixed right then and there. Uh, some things are emergencies, and if they are, you can use it. Don't feel... Uh, how do I say this? Don't feel guilty about using your emergency fund for a true emergency. Uh, just use that money, get past the emergency, and then the next step becomes saving up for that $1,000 again. Uh, so if you do need to use it for a true emergency, again, don't feel guilty. Just use that money and then save up that $1,000 all over again. Uh, it'll help you keep on your budget, help you keep working towards your goals uh, by, by doing that. All right. So this brings me to the end of the episode. Uh, or towards the end, where I want to give you some tips on how you can actually get to that $1,000 mark. Uh, hopefully, I've convinced you to start an emergency fund and keep this in case something does happen. But how do I actually get to $1,000? Here's a few tips for you. First one, track your spending. It's going to be hard to save any money if you don't have an idea of where your money's going. I know it's not exciting. It's not... Uh, overly exhilarating or uh, or interesting, but track where your money's going. Look back and see where did I spend my money last month? Find ways or places that you can cut down on. Uh, did you spend too much on uh, online video games or did you spend too much on snacks at the grocery store on the way home from work? Uh, find those places 
in your budget where you're spending too much and look for things that you can cut out and you can live without. A lot of times we just spend money uh, habitually. We, we buy the same things every day or every other day and we don't really think about it. Um, you're not going to get rich this way, but think about eating, eating your own food. You know, you go to work, you go out with your, with your coworkers, you get some lunch and you're spending 10, 15, $20 a day uh, on food. By making your own lunch, you can save five, 10 bucks every day. Uh, if you stop at a coffee shop every day, just making your own coffee in the morning, you can save uh, a little bit of money. Again, this isn't going to make you rich, and there's a lot of criticism online uh, from financial gurus or kind of these self-help people. Or people are kind of trying to do the same thing I'm trying to do, where they say, okay, eating out's not making you poor, and uh, drinking coffee is not making you poor. And while that's true, it's one easy way that you can save a little bit of money and start exercising your wants versus needs mindset. Uh, just by thinking this way, do I really need to drink a coffee at Starbucks every day? Or do I really need to go across the street and order some KFC? Uh, it's often much cheaper to kind of plan out your meals and, and take those to work. And yeah, like you said, you won't get rich, but you'll kind of get some exercise in want versus needs. Next easy way that you can probably save some money starting right now is canceling some subscriptions. Odds are you've probably got uh, some subscriptions going on that, that money comes out of your account every month. You probably don't even notice it. That's also why you should automate your savings. More on that later. Uh, but money comes out every month and you don't notice it. When I moved to Mongolia, I paid for a Barnes & Noble membership fee for years without realizing it. And there's not even a Barnes & Noble in Mongolia. I hadn't visited an actual store or shopped online in years but I kept getting, I think it was $25 taken out every single year uh, just because I had this online subscription. So go back through your bank account. If you use a debit card or uh, you've got an online checking account, go back through there and just scour through for any subscriptions and think about which ones you can cancel. Do you really need Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, uh, Amazon Prime Video? Pick the ones you want. It's, it's fine to have some services you do enjoy, but which ones can you cut out? That's going to be an immediate monthly savings that you can put towards your $1,000 emergency fund. Uh, another way that you can uh, save some money is looking at all of your bills. So these aren't necessarily monthly subscriptions, but these are bills that you might have that come in every month. And these are usually some of the biggest things that uh, pull money from our budget that we have to spend money on. Think about, is there any way that you can either negotiate with the company to get a lower bill or a lower plan uh, or cut these expenses altogether? Uh, if you're spending a ton of money on uh, rent, on your mortgage, and it's just taking up most of your ability to save any money, it might not be a bad idea to downsize. Now, I realize this is a major lifestyle change uh, and you might not be ready for this, but if you're really struggling to save any money and you're finding that there's just not much room because you're spending 40-50% of your income on housing expenses, then really take a hard look at, at do we need this much space? Do we need this big of an apartment? Do we need this big of a house? Or could we uh, thrive and survive in a smaller place? Could we, could we handle that? 
some of your some of your bills you can really reduce if you're mindful about those things. Uh, do you really need the cell phone plan that you're on, or could you go with a lower plan? Do you use all your data every month? Uh, do you really need internet, or could you use your cell phone as a hotspot? Uh, if you've got the Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus, you probably don't need cable and TV. Uh, how much are you really using that? You might be spending uh, $100 a month on something you're not really using. This can be an easy way to get up to that $1,000 mark. Next plan is uh, just creating a buying list or a plan whenever you need to buy something. Uh, whenever you go to the grocery store, put together a list. These are the things I want to buy. If you meal plan, that's even better because this helps you put together, okay, I need these ingredients for the meals I want to create for this week. You don't get a lot of stuff you don't need. Uh, you don't end up having things you're going to throw out because you're going to use that for your meals. It might even go back to one of the previous tips where you're going to save money on your lunches because you're making your own meals. Uh, but it also goes to when you're buying anything else. Uh, if you need a new fridge, what are the things you want in a fridge? Uh, do you need the ice maker, even though it's only a couple hundred dollars more? Do you need the water dispenser? Uh, do you need the top to bottom? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Just kind of plan out what you want in these major purchases, and that'll keep you from spending too much money that you don't really need to spend, and it'll help you save. If you're struggling with your income to save some money to cut expenses, your next option is to increase your income. Uh, and I didn't put this one first because I didn't want people to go out and increase their income before they're getting in the mindset of needs versus wants. Because often when we increase our income, we increase our spending, we increase our lifestyle. So what I want you to do is uh, many of you, uh, many of the people I know that might be listening to this, you have an hourly job, you, you go to job for a certain amount of time, and you get paid for a certain amount of time. And you have opportunity for overtime. Or maybe some of you work in a job where you have opportunity to make bonuses. Use that money to save. Live off of your normal pay and then get some overtime. Don't spend that money. Don't factor that money into paying your bills or paying for other stuff or entertainment. Put all of that overtime money straight to saving. Uh, I get a bonus every year for my master's degree, uh, also for renewing my contract at the school I'm at. And so every year, that bonus is just instant savings. It's not part of my budget. I budget based on my salary. So that bonus is instantly going to our savings. Uh, it's a great way that you can kind of uh, stay within your means and then also speed up your savings process. If you get a raise, stay at the at the lower pay for your budget and any extra money you're making with your raise, put that towards your savings. So it helps you live within your means and save the rest. If you've got the ability, you can also just get another job, get a part-time job, uh, deliver pizzas. I used to deliver pizzas. I loved cruising around town, listening to music. Uh, it was kind of gross getting oil and stuff all over you, but you take a nice shower and you get home. Uh, it's no big deal. You can make some good money and tips, and that can really speed up this process of getting to that $1,000. The last tip, and this is by far the easiest, quickest way I've found to get to $1,000 and to keep saving after that, write a budget and make it automatic. The first 10% out of your, out of your paycheck 
goes right into savings. No questions asked. Every single month, that chunk goes towards savings. This will speed up your process. You'll be at $1,000 in no time. And just like those subscriptions that you didn't even notice coming out of your pay, the savings, you won't even notice it's gone. And then all of a sudden, you'll have $1,000 saved up and you'll be done. So uh, you guys can do this. You can save $1,000. Saving your first $1,000 is just the first step on this journey. Uh, get that win. Get that $1,000 under your belt. My challenge to you is to take the next 30 days. Whenever you're listening to this, uh, just one month from today, see how much you can save in 30 days. See what expenses you can cut, what subscriptions you can cancel. Um, if you can exercise your need versus want, see how much you can save in 30 days. Uh, maybe you'll get paid once or twice and then take that 10% out, like I mentioned, uh, and then wherever else you can save money, you can do it. You can get to $1,000. Uh, so many people, they can't afford their emergency fund without crumbling their budget. Uh, they have to borrow money and continue kind of this backward slide, living paycheck to paycheck. You're all set. You've got everything you need to keep that move, that needle moving in the right direction. Uh, so by saving this first $1,000, you're going to be one step closer to getting out of the rat race, to stop living paycheck to paycheck, and one step closer to leading the financial life that you deserve. So if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be here each episode giving you steps that you can take to reach your financial goals. Uh, so you get the episode automatically wherever you listen, if it's Apple iTunes, if it's Spotify, Stitcher, uh, wherever you get your episodes, just hit the subscribe button and you'll get those episodes automatically. Uh, and then also hop on down to the a Leader by Example Facebook page, or Facebook group, sorry, uh, and let us know when you reach your $1,000. Like I said, this is supposed to be a milestone that you've hit. It's supposed to feel good. So come on in. Tell us when you've reached $1,000 in your emergency fund so we can celebrate with you. Next week, we're going to look at how to get out from this giant mountain of debt. Uh, sometimes feels like we're under. So if you've got student loans or credit cards, uh, make sure you st stay tuned and get that next episode. Take care. Mm -hmm.